So in this episode of the podcast, we're going to be talking to an entrepreneur about lessons that he has learned about entrepreneurship, about business, about leadership. And it's going to be, for me, a great time because he's one of my former students. You'll enjoy him too. Stay tuned. In a world of incompetent bosses, micromanagers, and petty tyrants. One management professor claims that he can help you become the kind of leader that you would want to follow. You are listening to The Leadersmith. Now, here is your host, Darren Gertis. Okay, so I am here with one of my former students. I mean, we go back to, what was this, 2007? is when you were in class, right? 2006. 2006. Okay, 2006. 2006. That's right. We're, old, we're, we're getting old. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't look it. Uh, you, you look awesome. Uh, <laughs> I have uh, aged radically since uh, you saw me, but that's a, a function of six kids. So, um, okay. So this is, I, I want to introduce you to the audience. Tyler Lee has been a serial businessman. Uh, he was a, you were a business student, right? I was. Time? Yeah. And, and I had you for a uh, constitutional government and free enterprise class. And um, and so that's that's how we met. And uh, you, yeah, you were a sharp guy and I, we just lost contact over time. But then I posted something on our Facebook group. So I created this Facebook group just to talk about anything leadership-ish. It's uh, Facebook backslash groups backslash learn leadership. And I just posted, hey, I'd like to talk to an entrepreneur on the podcast if anybody's interested just to you know unpack some leadership lessons. And you messaged me and said, hey, I'm available if you'd like. I was like, yeah, I haven't talked to you in years. Love to catch up. So tell it, can start, you know, give us the timeline here of your in school uh, in 2006 to, I guess, 2006 to 10. And then what happened? How, tell me about your progression and then start unpacking some entrepreneurship, leadership lessons that you've learned. So after I graduated Liberty, I continued to work at the university for the president. Okay. An opportunity became available to me. Growing up, I, I knew I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, a business owner. I just never knew what field I would go into, what kind of business I would start. In 2011, a franchise called Sweet Frog Self-Serve Frozen Yogurt started, this, this fad just, just began just taking off. I remember I mean, Sweet Frog. The moon. I remember it because it was the weirdest name for ice cream or yogurt or <laughs> right. And there was one right on wards, right behind the university, right in front of the university. And yep. there were just lines out the door yep. all the time with students. And I just fell in love with the product. I fell in love with the brand. It was colorful, pink, purple. There were all these colorful, you know, walls and, and uh, flavors and, and children just loved it. Families were there. It was just very family oriented. So I fell in love with the, with the brand and I walked in, never forget it. We left Campus Church at Liberty on a Wednesday night. Um, the gentleman that was speaking there that night, he and I went down and I said, let's go get some frozen yogurt. So we went to the Sweet Frog and I sat there and I said, I need to open one of these. And he said, you should do that. And so that, that's where that opportunity led. I, I emailed the, the president of the company at the time. They had maybe a dozen stores. Okay. And let, me interrupt you for, let me interrupt you for a second. So you're a just minted graduate a business uh, student, you know nothing about uh, Sweet Frog, uh, how to open it, how to go about doing it, but you stepped into it anyway. Correct. 
Right. Okay. Now tell me about that process because your problems will emerge. That's right. <laughs> right? And being a business, a business owner, you know, you wear the hat of, of, of many different roles. And as you progress, you, you learn where your strengths and your weaknesses are and you, and you put people in place to offset those. So I'm more of a visionary and I can execute, but when it comes to the details, you know, I, I don't like to micromanage people. So you put the right people in place as a business owner to offset that. You learn you learn more about yourself as you as you progress. And at the time, I, I think I was 23 years old. So I, I had no real life business experience. I just had the theory from from what I learned in school and what I experienced growing up uh, watching my family run their businesses. So when we sat down with the president of Sweet Frog, he said, well, you guys are young. You, you, you don't have any background experience. Why should I, why should I hire you? But for, for the decade prior to that, I had started a car wash business in high school. That's what, I, that's what got me through the summers. Uh, instead of going to get a job throughout the summer, while I was at Liberty, I washed cars throughout the summer. I had, I had dozens of, uh, of um, relationships. And so I was, I was always very business minded, trying to find out how I could get people to, to su- support my businesses or where I didn't have to go get a job and I was self-employed. And so with Sweet Frog, I convinced him, I said, look, well, we don't have any preconceived notions. We're so young. We have a drive. We, I, don't have a, I don't have a family to, to worry about. So my full focus will be on this. Um, I will think outside the box and, and we'll grow this brand. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he he signed off on that after we convinced him. Uh, he he signed off on that. Six months later, we we had a store. We were, we opened in July. So the construction we signed the contracts in May. The construction started in June, and and by July fourteenth, we opened our doors. It was very quick. We we brought the right people in the shopping center. We negotiated a contract with them. They wanted until October just to build a wall to separate to separate this large restaurant space that we were going to lease. So it, it's all about just, just, just hustling and, and working hard and, 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 you know, negotiating with people back and forth where everybody can win. As you were telling your story, I was thinking there's this great little book. If anybody's interested in, in uh, entrepreneurship, if they're interested in uh, just business in general by Ram Sharan. It's called, I think it's what the CEO wants you to know. It's either that or the customer. I don't remember which one, but he's saying his, his argument is, you know, business is business. The guy that's opening a fruit stand in a third world country on the side of the road is doing essentially the same stuff as you're doing in corporate America. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the same principles. If you just understand some very basic things. So when you're saying, well, I've always done business. I watched my parents. I, I ran a car wash on my own. That's how I you know, got by in the summers. And then I went and did this. So it's all the same things, just applied differently. Now, it was a new level of experience for you. Like I, you had to learn, there was a power curve, I'm sure, learning the contracts, learning who you needed to bring in, learning how the systems work, but business is business. So uh, what, what obstacles did you run into along the way as you were starting to do this? Uh, for me, the sense of urgency, right? So I like to operate at, at a million miles an hour. And, and so the, the frustrating part for me was, was trying to get people on board because we didn't want to miss that summer timeline. Every, every day, at, you know, your, your summer months are, are, are key. But uh, getting people on board and, and, and motivating them to get on your timeline so we can get things done. And that's, that's what I learned at Liberty when I worked for the president. You know, we built 
large buildings at Liberty and uh, in a very quick timeline. So learning how to motivate people um, and encouraging people along the way. But the customer service is key. I was blessed. My first job was at Chick-fil-A. And everyone knows that Chick-fil-A not only has a great product, but when have you ever had a bad experience at Chick-fil-A? I mean, I've eaten there hundreds, if not thousands of times over the last 15 years. And I've I had can, a bad experience at Chick-fil-A, but it wasn't the people. There was something wrong with one of the products and the people were awesome about, please bring it back in. We will return it. We will refund it. And I'm yep. so sorry that this happened. And they were awesome. That's right. And so at the end of the day, I've had one bad experience in the, you know, all, all the times I've been at Chick-fil-A as well. But but at the end of the day, you can have the greatest product in the world. But if you don't care about people or don't have a customer service aspect, you're, you're not going to be as successful. And so for me, we we pushed customer service. And and where I was going with that was while I was at Liberty, I had the I was blessed to host many of the executive guests and speakers that came through the university. One of our guests that came through was a, a gentleman by the name of Horst Schultze. Many people yeah. might not recognize the name, but they know his work. So he is the one that came up with the My Pleasure slogan for Chick-fil-A. He's very customer service minded. He was also the president of the Ritz-Carlton. I thought he came up with it for Ritz and then uh, Chick-fil-A ad- adopted it. They Didn't did. He come up with- they oh, they okay. did. He, he was yeah. the president of Ritz, but but Chick-fil-A incorporated that gotcha. uh, in, into their business. Uh, True, Kathy, love, love the My Pleasure um, and so so they ran with that. And so Horst came into Liberty in probably 2010, and he, he went through his customer service training program that they utilized at the Ritz. So I was able to take a lot of that knowledge and information and, and put it into our business. So we had a great product at Sweet Frog with the frozen yogurt. It was a fun experience with all the colors. It's very family oriented, a Christian based company. The frog stands for fully rely on God. And then implementing the customer service from Horst and Chick-fil-A, uh, you know, we, we, we were known in town for, for just incredible customer service and people wanted to come in because they felt, they felt welcome. They felt loved. And if you can, if you can tap into yeah. those emotions with people not manipulate them, that's not what I'm saying, but if you can tap into that and just make people feel like a human being, make them feel wanted you can sell people, you know, on, on anything you're doing. Yeah. You, you know, I can see all the bricks coming together from their education to the experiences to uh, the mentality being right. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So let's move the timeline forward. So sweet frog, you open it up in 2011 and how long are you there and you know, what's going on? So I opened the store in my hometown of Danville, Virginia. When we opened it, I was living in Lynchburg. And then I decided I wanted to change and I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina in 2012. Okay. So the store, I had the staffing in place. Uh, I was managing it from afar. I had, I had my GM and other managers and, and employees running the operation. Mm-hmm. So it's all about putting the right people in, in place, uh, people you trust, people you can count on. Yep. Some of them may not have been experienced in their field, but we were able to train them and and find those strengths or find those weaknesses to put them in the right roles. And that's what it's about as being a leader is, is, is learning your people and learning where they, where they best fit. And if they don't fit, move them around. There's nothing wrong with moving people around. 
Um, expand, expand on that thought, because I think a lot of people get hung up on this. They um, That's a place where what you just described with having these people in, and you're actually at a distance that would have scared a lot of people off. But you're confident be, for a reason. So explain why, uh, how you how you can trust in them. What 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 brings you to that point? Well, it's again, it's putting the processes in place for them to follow, having accountability. Um, and, and it's, and it's top down leadership, you know, you set your expectations and again, it goes back to finding, finding out who can do what, you know, some, some, I, I can't do what others can do and others can't do what I can't do. So that's right. That's exactly, that's exactly right. Once you recognize that diff- people are different, right. You don't right. want me teaching accounting, <laughs> right. Right. I excel where I excel, but that would not be the place. And you said, um, it's okay to move people around. There's nothing wrong with that. And that's such a brilliant insight because when you recognize, and and in the business literature, you'd be talking about alignment, right? Mm -hmm. Getting, getting the right people into the right jobs and it's okay to move them around to, to, so that they fit. Right. So, um, yeah, I just, I heard that and I went, yes, you're, you're getting an A good job. All right. It doesn't (laughs) make you any better, any worse. You know, I mean, there's just people that are going to do things better than you. And then they'll look at you and say, man, I wish I could do what what he can do. Um, We're all blessed with different with different talents. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so it's a matter of at being a business leader is is really your 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 it's it's all about learning people. It's all about learning people. And and once you learn people, you can pretty like I said earlier, you can sell any product or, or or pretty much do anything. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You put the right people in place and let them do their thing, and they'll you know, off you go. Okay, so now we're in Charlotte. Now what happens in Charlotte? While I was in Charlotte, I learned another industry. I learned about the mobile home park industry. Okay, I was intrigued by real estate investing. My former boss was big into real estate investing, so he taught me a lot about commercial real estate and said, you need to, you need to consider this. And so I I learned, I accidentally stumbled upon the mobile home park industry. I was in a, I was actually looking at opening a brewery. Breweries were starting to, to get, you know, that, that industry was growing rapidly um, about 2012, 2013. So I was intrigued. So I went to what was it was called the Damon John Academy. Damon John is on Shark Tank. Sure, yeah, absolutely. So he's holding these these academies around the country. And the speaker went off on a tangent and started talking about real estate. And it intrigued me. So I went up to him after class and I said, hey, can we just have dinner? I'd like to ask you some questions. And that that's that's the key, right? Like many of the things that I've done in my life, it's because I wasn't scared to ask for help right. or go to people. And I, I thought I, I was the only person that that went to him and asked him to have dinner. Yeah. And so you just have you have to be proactive. You have to be a hustler in business and you have to just think outside the box or do things that others aren't willing to do. So I asked him, I said, hey, can we have dinner? And we sat there and, and he, he, he told me all about the mobile home park industry. And I learned everything there was to, to learn about mobile home parks. So now, that, and that's that's really fascinating, too. I want to key in on this point because this is a great lesson. Like this was accidental, but he learned because he was there now. But he was training. He he did put himself in a place where he could learn from somebody and have that accidental experience. So tell me about other like trainings. You've been to other things. You, you read beyond just about yogurt. 
<laughs> right? I mean, it's a long way from yogurt to mobile home parks, but you got there because you were positioned because you were engaged in perpetually bettering yourself and learning more and becoming more. Tell me about that. That's right. Uh, and, and Sweet Frog, I sold Sweet Frog in 2018. So in this timeline, in the 2012 timeline, while I'm in Charlotte, I'm looking for other opportunities because I have the passive income from the Sweet Frog. And so I'm looking for other opportunities to grow. And that's where the mobile home park industry started. I learned, learned about that, found an investor to help me with the down payment. And we, we, we took off. It was an amazing, it was a lot of work. Uh, we acquired another park and we, and we grew that. And then I began flipping houses as well. And, and it just, just continued to grow. Just looking for opportunities. It's, it's all about looking for opportunities and again, putting the right people in, in the right places. So it's amazing how much of a thing you see once you start to focus on it, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I decide that I want to write an article about uh, a particular topic, that week, as I'm thinking about it, I start to see things all over town or just, you know, things come into my view that weren't there because I'm now focused. So you have to have some kind of uh, focus uh, on what you're doing. And it doesn't have to be like uh, so narrow that it's only about frozen yogurt. It just, in your case, it was just about business itself and opportunity, opportunity. and the opportunities presented themselves because you were willing to look for them. That's right. And you know, like I said, when, when we got involved with Sweet Frog, we could see the trajectory it was just, I, I believe 12 months after I opened my Sweet Frog, there were 350 stores open. <laughs> I was store number 16. Okay. Wow. So they grew into the second largest frozen yogurt chain. So, it, it, and again, I feel like I stumbled on that opportunity, but I, I, I could see it. And mm -hmm. I, I know the Lord blessed me with that. Mm -hmm. and, and so it's all about the, you know, being aware, seeing what's what's coming, and 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 I was interested in real estate, so the mobile home park opportunity just came out of nowhere, and I learned all about it. I, I read up on it, and six eight months later, I had a mobile home park. We closed on it, and my biggest obstacle at that point was money, and money is the hardest thing. I'm sure a lot of business owners that are watching this, that that you know, unless you're just grew up as a, as a trust fund baby. I was not. So I've, I've had to get creative on, on raising money or finding people that had money that believed in me. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's what it, that's what it's all about is, is, uh, is finding people that you have a vision, you have a plan and your confidence. If you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will. That's right. I've been blessed with uh, this, this boldness, this, this, you know, faith, that where where I feel like I can do anything, and I'm very confident what I can do if I if I if I see something I go for it. That's right. So and yeah, it so you. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead, keep going. That that just attracts people. They say, well, if you if you're going to bet on yourself every time and believe in yourself, you know, I, I want to get behind that. That's and, right. And you systematically went from one thing from from the car wash to the sweet frog to now the real estate and not just mobile homes, but flipping and you get you build and build and build. And so you become more you literally expand your ability. Jim Rohn talks about this kind of thing where he's talking about like, oh, I wish I had a million dollars. No, wish you were the kind of person that could handle that million dollars. Yep. And that's what you're doing as you're incrementally building. But that's it's a process. 
Okay. You learn so, when you when you don't have access to capital, you have to you have to get very creative and think outside the box. And it makes you think and it makes you pay attention literally to every penny that 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 comes in. You're you you have to watch because right. uh you know you you it, i would i would i'm so glad that i i didn't have multi million dollars i grew up with that because it it, oh, it forced it. me to learn every process every right. role so now i know every role in my companies every role i can do those jobs and i can set the expectations and know i've done that before i was the you know cashier i was the fruit cutter um i've worked on my houses before you know you learn those roles and then you can you can put the people in to fill them and 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 have realistic expectations of what they're going to deal with on a daily basis. Yeah, that yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so move the move the needle forward just a little bit, and we're talking about um, your your you've got your mobile home park. You're starting to flip real estate. Is that starting to flip houses? About about what year is this? 2018. After I sold the sweep frog, I started investing into into the real estate flip market. That's when that market started to to pick up. Yeah, because it was a ways after 2008. So timing is part of it. Talk, talk to the to, to the issue of timing, because I heard timing in the sweet frog. And in 2008, you shouldn't be flipping houses. But by the time you get to 2018, now you're in a different place. So talk to the to the issue of timing. And, and I'll, I'll be careful here because since I graduated from college, I have, you know, experienced a, a solid market. I mean, uh-huh. when I graduated in 2010, we, we were in a recession, but 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 obviously things have been rising. So now right. the timing that I'm watching is when is it going to start going down? Well, yeah, right. And you don't want to be in the movie theater business in 2020. Right. <laughs> right. That's I mean, you couldn't plan for that. Right. But um, I, I just sold a piece of property the other day. It was $36,000 over asking price in the Charlotte market, all cash. And, and that's what wow. we're seeing is this market is is insane right now in the Charlotte area. Yeah. But well, and, uh, but when and, will it slow down? You know, what, what's what's coming with inflation and, and all that we're seeing in the market. So now now I'm, I'm you know, taking a step back and, and, and just watching and seeing what's going to happen. Yeah. And, and part of that is because we've been, you know, pumped all this money into the economy. Uh, I just bought a, a minivan. It was uh, $8,000 for a 2005 minivan. 2005. That's because of all the. OK, so one, we have the chips not being produced. Right. And that's creating downward pressure on. So new cars aren't being produced to the degree that they are. So that's ca- causing some of the pressure. Some of the other pressure is because that's not there. Um, you know, we're going to use. Then we've inflated the market by pumping just trillions and trillions into the economy. Where is it going to go? Well, people are going to go buy stuff. I mean, that's intended. But, <laughs> you know, if you have to buy stuff at a higher cost, now it, was that really worth it? Now you're just saddled with a big debt. So, uh, anyway, I'm I'm getting off on a rabbit trail, and uh, oh, that reminds me, uh, with that rabbit trail. So, I understand you're actually running for Congress. I am. I you am. Are. You're running for Congress. So, 
Um, now we're almost out of time. I want you to wrap up the business thing first, but would you be willing to come back in the next episode to talk about what you're, why you're running for Congress, what you're going to be, what your platform is, things along those lines? What's, what's yeah, motivating? I'd, I'd love to. Would okay, love to. Let's wrap love- up this one first. And just talk about like it's 2018, you're flipping and what else is going on in business lessons. And then we'll wrap that up and then uh, we'll save that for another time. Uh, again, it's all about being aware, have, looking for opportunities. If you're willing, if, you're, if you want to invest in something, um, you know, just be patient. Uh, don't jump the gun. You don't, you don't want to make any bad decisions that will, that will sink, your, sink your career. But, but just be patient. Uh, you don't have to buy something tomorrow, do something tomorrow, but keep your eyes open right. and, uh, and, and read, uh, pay attention to the news, pay attention to what's going on in the world and, and, and an opportunity will jump out. Okay. So yeah, as you were talking, it was, it made me think of uh, uh, Warren Buffett talking about there's no called strike in investing. And I love that because that's right. So, so you might miss this opportunity, but there's no called strike, but you, you do have to learn and you do have to get ready. And when that's in the sweet spot, now, when it's in the sweet spot and you want to swing, you want to be prepared. But sometimes like I would imagine it felt like climbing a pretty big mountain to get to the sweet frog even though you've had the background and experience and then going to the next one to the real estate felt like you were climbing another mountain because you hadn't done it before can you talk to thinking big yeah you're i mean you're being stretched you're i've learned to live uncomfortably right i'm comfortable being uncomfortable now i'm constantly stretching myself and in you know I'm, i'm looking for the next venture and that's why i'm running for united states congress this is a, I, I explain this to people like it's a startup. I am new to this. This is five months new to me. And it's about putting the right people in, in place and helping you get there. I don't have all the answers. I'm just the pretty face, but I'm, uh, you know, I have to put the right people around me to, to help get me there. And, right. and that's what you have to do in business. And you, you're constantly yeah. stretching yourself. You're going to be uncomfortable um, if you have a family, you know, you have different, you have, you have to look out for them first. So I understand people don't get as risky when they might have family and kids to that they have to feed for me. If I lose everything tomorrow, well, it's just me. I can, I can reset, but so everybody has different stages in life where they can, they're willing to take more risk, um, than, than, than maybe when they get older down the road. So, um, it's uh, you, you just have to learn that that you don't you don't know it all. And that's where you bring the right people in. And you have to you have to be uh, comfortable being uncomfortable because it's not going to come easy. Yeah. You know, there are some some people that when I listen to them, I think, you know, if you put that on a paper in my class, I'd fail you. Um, everything that you've said here has been exactly right. Spot on. Spot on about business about how the process works, about getting good people, getting them in the right place. All that stuff has been just exactly right. Um, as you were talking, I was thinking about, uh, as you're talking about, you know, you got to get ready to, to think big and be uncomfortable or being be comfortable being uncomfortable. Trump said something, this was businessman Trump before he was president, uh, very similar to what you're talking about. As long as you're good. And I end every um, episode of my podcast with a quotation for contemplation. Uh, I pre-select a couple just in case, like I'm thinking, okay, these could work. But this one from Trump was perfect. He said, as long as you're going to be thinking anyway, think big. Big, right. Why not? 
Right. You know, and and remember, his dad was a real real estate developer and did stuff in Queens. And he was like, I'm going to Manhattan. <laughs> right. He was thinking big. You're, right. you're working in, uh, you know, doing your car wash. Well, hey, what if I open a franchise going for a franchise? I sold that. What if I open up my own show? Well, OK, from there, what's the next big thing? So um, I, I think we sell ourselves short way too much. Just being comfortable, stuck in a rut. I'm only going. I'm well. I know I can do this. Well, yeah, but then you're going to look back with a lifetime of regret for what you could have done that you didn't do if you don't actually step into it. So now I'm going to give you the last word. Any what is the most compelling, uh, most uh, the, the greatest lesson about anything business, leadership, your experience, whatever that you would want to impart to listeners before we end the episode. Well, I'll circle back to what I said when I met with the president of Sweet Frog, the, the founder of Sweet Frog. I was confident in my abilities. I knew God had called me to, to be a businessman, and I saw this opportunity. And so my confidence from the Lord and in myself, I knew that I, could, I would be successful in this. And so don't, don't let anybody tell you you can't, you can't do it. Cut out all the noise and distractions. I hear this every day as I run for Congress. Well, you don't have any background in politics. Well, I've never had a background in anything that I've, I've done, right? And right. the Lord blessed me to, to date with, with, with a great mind and, and, and success. And so just cut out the noise and distractions and don't get in your own head because, um, you know, you can be your biggest critic as well. So cut out the noise and distractions. If you know you're called to do something, if you if that's what you want to do, you'll burn bridges and you'll make a way to do it. Uh, or burn ships, don't burn bridges, but burn the <laughs> ships. <gonna> say. <laughs> you'll burn the ships and do it. Uh, and, and you'll hustle. Uh, it's some, if it, you know, it'll keep you up all night and you'll, you'll be energetic. You'll love what you're doing. Uh, that's what it's all about. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy the tough seasons uh, because they stretch you. They make you a better person. Then when, when the good times come, you appreciate that. And so this has been a reset for me running for Congress. Same thing. I feel like it's a startup. You know, you have your doubts, but you, but you know that you're called to do it. And so you have to believe in yourself or nobody else will. That, that's awesome. Uh, I know I said I was going to give you the last word, but as you were talking, it reminded me of a great story. Uh, George Marshall, when he was the uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs during World War II, he was making one of his generals something more significant or admirals. I don't remember if it was a general or admiral. And 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 the, this person protested, I've never been the whatever, I'm a commander of the Pacific or what whatever it was before. <laughs> he said, I've never been the chairman of the Joint Chiefs before. <laughs> I just thought, what? I mean, that's right. I mean, you've never been that position. You got as you're stepping into it, you don't have the experience by nature, by definition. So step into it and learn what you can because those problems will emerge and show themselves. And then you'll, you'll work through whatever it is that you need to work through. And learn from others around you. Ask questions. If you want to get into business, go ask business owners what they, what they would do differently. Okay. Um, Tyler, I am just about out of time. And so right. I'm, I'm going to end. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, you're saying such good stuff. I don't, I hate to do it, but <laughs> you're, you're willing to come back. So we'll talk about why you're running for Congress in the next one. And thank you so much for your time. And we've got to go. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you.